Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Greetings and welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Jonathan Pritchett and along with me is... Braxton Hunter. And as you saw from the thumb, this is Ask Us Anything Friday, which is something we regularly do when uh, Braxton doesn't have anything to talk about and I didn't care enough to think of one. But we are here. We are taking questions. We love questions about literally anything. I mean, of course, a lot of the things people ask us about is theology and apologetics and the Bible and stuff. But really... There's more to us than just those things. So you can't. Because you know what I've been thinking about all week? Jesus. I wish I could say that that's like the Sunday school answer that you're supposed to say. But what I actually have been thinking about is because of Elon Musk being in the news with the whole Twitter thing. Yeah. I've been thinking about the issue of free speech, how people are upset that if he gets it, there's going to be more speech on Twitter. That's kind of interesting. Another thing that's kind of interesting is uh, the <laughs> fact that we've all on social media platforms, whether it's Twitter or whether it's here on YouTube or whatever, we we intentionally guard what we want to say, not because we don't want to say it as if, oh, we might get canceled or people will get mad at us, but because we don't want the video struck down. And that's, a, that's an interesting thing about how we think about what we could say that 10 years ago is not bannable nobody would shun you from society of course people would get upset if you said it but but people would literally they'll strike down your video and then you can no longer communicate with the masses on social media so i've been thinking about that i've been thinking about that while free speech is definitely a, a good thing that we should all celebrate because it gives us the chance to communicate our ideas in the public square i've been thinking about you know what while free, free speech is a a positive thing for a political discourse the bible actually curtails the Christian speech, ideally so anyway, in sanctification, the Bible says... Are you what? saying the Bible is not for free speech with Christians? I don't know that it's not for free speech as a, as an ideal for society, but it's not a free it's not for free speech that you as a Christian should let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth when Paul says let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So that's kind of puts a damper on your desire to... It, it doesn't... Your volitional capacity to say awful things is intact and god certainly gives you that but but as a christian you have to abide by the idea of i shouldn't say that because god doesn't like me talking like that right so that you know so all of these ideas have been in my head thinking about this elon musk thing so uh what say you braxton about all of this well uh, first i want to say uh i think it's funny that mariah lynn says soapbox with prime happening early Actually, that's exactly right. He said, let me start this thing. I've got some things I want to say. I need to turn myself down just a little bit. But I, I have things also, I want but, to say but, about but things hold on. we before can't you, say. Before you go on and talking about things we aren't allowed to talk about, um, let's, uh, let's get this super chat. Thank you so much, Miami Cuz, for that substantial super chat. I have repented from my transgender, transracial lesbianism. I have gone back to my original self as God intended. I am back to being Miami cuz it's a good Friday indeed. So he's changed his name to something or she or she has changed the name of the YouTube account to something less triggering. Yes. Uh, yeah. Intentionally offensive. And I'm happy to tell everyone about that because thank you for supporting the show. Yeah. All right. Go, go, carry on. I, I always got a huge laugh out of the well, YouTube account name, though. It was always funny. And I, it was always funny hearing you have to try to read it out loud whenever there was a comment. And because you always do that. There was another person that 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 said something offensive and that you would you would uh, phonetically say it as opposed to. What it what it said like B four something for oh yeah, yeah yeah things like that so it's always funny listening to you try to get around what you think will be uh, intentionally yeah. but inflammatory the reason things are this way today and the reason with a straight off the top Pritchett uh, soapbox is because 
we have been kind of covered over with other stuff. Uh, me with a lot of things and Pritchett with things related to classes that ended yesterday. And he, we actually have another job, a real job. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but that's why there, we haven't really done much show prep today. Pritchett did show prep last week and it was fantastic, but you saw how long that lasted. So let's right, get- it lasted a whole, well, no, I mean, <laughs> well, like you said, classes ended mm-hmm. yesterday. Which means today is a huge day as well, and Wednesday is a big day because you have, you know, what is it, 1,500 students in classes trying to submit all this stuff. So they I'm, don't care, but they don't, they don't. Yeah, care. they don't care. They care. But, anyway. but Miami Cuz gave us two more dollars to say right. I'm a male. Oh well, good. Yeah. And I, I, don't I know what you're wanting to do. You're going to say something like you're a male, but are you a man or a woman? Right? <laughs> yeah. And what is that? What, and once you decide upon that. Yeah. So anyway, um, all right, let's, um, boy, I'm clipping out. I must be too loud. It's that preacher voice. You've, you've gone into your preacher voice. Braxton has a pre, if you've never heard Braxton preach, we have some of your sermons on the channel, don't we? Somewhere in the, well, and you can find them online. They don't care about my sermons. Let's answer some questions. Some people listen to sermons on YouTube. They got the questions cracking right off the top and I'm liking them. I would rather people listen to a Braxton Hunter sermon than like a John Piper sermon. I really mean that. Well, I, me too. Yeah. All right. Um, certainly a John MacArthur sermon. Computational theist Channel says, Angel. We'll, we'll get there. Thank you, Jim Amberg. But currently, do you think that Dr. Clay Jones saying that atheism is evil on our channel mm-hmm. is a correct analysis? Also, please restore my mod status. Well, by the time you wrote that, your mod status was already restored. But um, I don't understand that question. I, I can't remember what... Was the question really... What was it that he said that upset everyone? Because it wasn't atheism is evil. And do I believe like that is such a you can be more precise and uh, with that question because atheism is evil. I mean, as a Christian, I think anything that that isn't the worship of the one true God results in a state of affairs that is evil. If by evil, we mean not what God wanted. Right. I don't think God wants people to be okay, atheists. That's a way to say it to, so the atheist can't clip you out. Uh, if he just straight out said atheism is evil, is that a correct answer? Yes. There, if he just atheist. said atheism is evil, yes, that's evil. But what specifically I think Clay Jones was saying wasn't that. I think it was the thing that I disagreed with you about the week before, which is um, I think that if I remember correctly— well, just rephrase your question. Be more precise, and I'll answer. Are atheists evil? The same answer is yes. Everyone's evil in, in a certain sense. Right. These are non-controversial statements. No, for, no, for no. But, but we're not going to do that to avoid the question. I mean, I'm not trying to avoid the question. I just want to know what the question is. My answer is yes. That's an easy question. In every possible sense? Okay, that's a more difficult. <laughs> right, that's the problem with generalities. All right, so um, yeah, because that's where. Well, t- I well, I guess you could actually defend that claim. Um, I don't know, but in in a lot of senses, I do think it's evil. Well, it, it, we'll move on from it until he comes back. He'll come back with okay. something. All right, we had another question. Okay, uh, there aren't. Um. Is it, okay, the question, is it a problem that there aren't peer-reviewed articles or papers on the resurrection there, of most Jesus? Article, most every article published in a, in a journal is peer-reviewed. That's part of the process of getting into an academic journal is to have it peer-reviewed. Right, I don't know exactly what, what you mean here. There are many peer-reviewed journal articles that deal with stuff related to the resurrection. Even Book reviews in academic journals mm-hmm. are peer-reviewed. I mean, it, I, yeah, I, I think that question, there are plenty. Of, but here's the, th- here's the thing about peer-reviewed. Um, when it comes to the gender study uh, academic journals, they peer-reviewed hoax papers, right? Did you know that as a barber, I was peer-reviewed. My dad was an accountant. He was peer-reviewed. Uh, cosmetologists and, and, and um, massage therapists are peer-reviewed. Peer-reviewed... Uh, psychologists are peer reviewed in their work or their uh, written academic work or whatever. Peer reviews is peer review. It it means as much or as little as the people re- doing the review take it as serious or or not. And oftentimes we have found it to be the case that not. And that could very well be the case for uh, Christian academic journals as well as scientific journals or somebody peer reviewing the work of an accountant in their yearly review or somebody inspecting my barber shop. 
which you have to buy them lunch and all this other stuff in like professional peer review situations. Yeah. Like my dad always had to buy the person peer reviewing his lunch and all. It's just kind of a, a custom. But I mean, peer reviews is peer review, and people can make as much of it as they like, and it's you need to dial that back, or they can make as little of it as you like, and you need to punch that up a little bit because mm -hmm. it's a mixed bag what you get with peer review. So. Uh, Jim Amberg, thank you so, so much. For channel those Angel. of you that are not patrons of the channel, you missed out getting to have an in-person discussion with Jim Amberg last week. But uh, but anyway, the video is still there if you become a patron. Uh, and he says, my brother told me today that a hot dog in a bun that has uh, that has a split counts as a sandwich. I find that insane. Thoughts? Yes, I agree. Hot dogs are not sandwiches. No one says, what kind of sandwich do you want? Hot dog. You would say, oh, I don't want a sandwich. I want a hot dog. So, but, but the idea is that there has to be two separate pieces of bread with something in, the, in between them in order to connected. count as a sandwich. Yes. And, and I, I want to agree with that. Yeah. And that's why Subway sandwiches back in my day when I worked for Subway were uh -huh. indeed sandwiches because you cut the U-gouge out of it. And then you placed it back on top and, 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 and you set the media yeah. now they do a slot cut in yeah. the half yeah. and and shove it in there and just flip the lid back down yeah and they call it flip a the yeah they, they open it up like this and then close it back down yeah. and they call it subway sandwiches that's right but that's is false it, now that is false i agree i forgot i thought when you said well what about subway i was like oh shoot He's got me here. I have no, no they, response. I, I agree with you. Two but you're separate, right. When distinct I was a kid, they cut of bread. that bread in half. Yeah, see, when I... No, when you were a kid, they probably still... In the 90s, you were a kid. When I was a kid, they cut that top off and laid it back on top. You mean they cut it out? It's called a U-gouge. They didn't. They didn't cut it in half straight down. What they did was... Here's the here's the length of the bread. They Is this cut fascinating to y'all? <laughs> A perimeter with it, but the top the came perimeter. completely off, and you pulled the top completely. Yeah, out. Compl that's my they point. I don't care about your specific terminology that way. Don't sound, don't try to sound subway pretentious with me. I am because back in my day, again, I'm going to talk back. Talk about, about your day. You back have in a my, day. No, listen old to this, man. Back in my day, we used to not only did we wear our subway uniforms, but we used to have to get uh, to, in order to continue our employment there. We had to get these buttons that said "Certified Sub Sandwich Artist." Yeah, okay. And Artisan? My, artist. Okay. Certified sandwich artist, which mm -hmm. meant that the corporate people would come to your store and they would test all the employees to see if they could make a foot-long cold-cut combo with everything that's standard, which is uh, onions, lettuce, tomato, pickle, bell pepper, black olive oil, salt, pepper. And see, I remembered all this. Yeah, you did. And, and so, so <laughs> you had to make that and have it wrapped napkins around the wrapping and in the sandwich bag in a minute or less to get certified as a sandwich artist. Mm -hmm. And if you failed, well, you have to try again in like two or three months. And then if you continue to fail, they just let you go because you had to be able to make those sandwiches fast. But oh, real quick. Sandwiches so Gustav, are no Gustav has helped us out here about the Clay Jones thing. I think it upset people that he claimed that unbelief stemmed from the fact that, the fact that people want to sin, which is the thing that I... Uh, not. So everybody got upset with me for not responding mm -hmm. um, uh, to him on that. I concur with that too. When, when you concur with what, what it, he said. Yeah. But the, but, but well, of course, because I got on to you before and after that episode in the just previous episode and the just subsequent episode to that episode, I got on to you for saying that. Right. And I still don't care that you got on because you're wrong. If you disagree Well, no, with you that. were convinced that I was right in the way I explained it last time. I think people can go check out. But the thing about it is, is I think it's true that many people. Okay, so I believe the suppression of of um, the suppression of the truth is is there mm -hmm. at some point in the person's life. Mm -hmm. I believe that God reveals Himself in some way, um, general revelation or whatever else to people. And I do think that for each person, there comes a point of suppression. I know that sounds offensive. It's what I think. However. I don't think that when somebody tells you they're an atheist that they're being disingenuous. I think it is we we are able to become convinced of things that are wrong. That that and that, I think that while the suppression was there, ultimately now today, I don't think they're lying when they say they're an atheist. No, that's, but I don't. And I don't think they're necessarily an atheist that's just because they want to. That's all. Okay, I don't think they're an atheist that, that, just because. The they just sin. because. Not all of them. The just because. 
-hmm. You have to add that. Remove the just because and unbelief stem from the fact that people want to sin is still uh, okay. I'm fine with my that life is the way it is because I want to sin. You can say it about a lot of things. Sure, it's, it doesn't mean anything when you say that. I mean, it does mean something, and it's still true. But that's the point. It's so broadly true that it loses all its force. Mm. They, there are many atheists, I believe, that are but, atheists but, because but, they want. But to if sin. you want to start but adding nuance, if you want to start adding the nuance back, I think underneath all the justifications they give themselves for unbelief, I think that the principal reason you're saying, yeah, the principal reason they're an atheist is because they wanted to sin, yeah, and they couldn't do that as a Christian. Right. I, you know they're going to say back to you, why wouldn't I be a Christian if I wanted to sin? I, be, it wouldn't like make it false that I'm sinning if just because I don't affirm Christianity. And as a Christian, I can ask, I can repent. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I, I hear that from them all the time. And that's fine. So then what is the point huh? of this criticism? Well, number one, I think it. I, I think that they love the darkness instead of the light, which is what John gives us in the prologue. Mm -hmm. That also happens to affirm the deity of Christ. And he's also said they went out from us because they were not of us. If they'd been of yeah, us, yeah. No, they but, but what I'm us. saying, what I'm saying, Man, you're is, not going to do that. Same I'm saying thing is, passage, I'm not going to discount the biblical truth that people love their sin and darkness. Of course and they do. I love my sin. Just to, just to make atheists like us better, and because we don't use the things. I'm not trying to make atheists like right. me better. So, so I'm trying no not to say saying. something that they immediately know, not suspect it might be false for them. And so the, I've shut down all evangelistic opportunity because I said something that they know isn't right or that they, I mean, we're talking about their conscious experience. Okay. But underneath all of that, I still affirm. And I think that you can have a conversation about that. I think presuppositionalists are right to push, push that, that yes, you are a sinner and you need a savior. And ultimately what's what's distracting this is your life has to change yes because of that reality I agree with and that you don't like it and that end of story every time it? you say what you mean i don't end up disagreeing with you yeah like what we'll say what you just said again let me i want to really listen i want to get this down because everybody keeps hounding us about it you tell say again what you just said that last thing i want to make right. sure i agree i, I said I don't have a presuppositional problem with. I do. I kind of agree with you that that you get into a meaningless fight by saying no, you're not really an atheist. I, I get right. all that, but what I what I affirm about the presuppositionalist is pointing back to the sin issue and say, regardless of whatever else is going on and all of these reasons and justifications you want to have for disbelief, at the end of the day, the reality is is that you know God exists, God raised you from the dead, Christianity is true, period. You are a sinner, and you love your sin, Amen. and you need a Savior. And if you don't repent—repenting of that sin means you ha do have to change your life, and you are aware of that. Amen. It's something that you may not want to be willing to do uh, because you want to put yourself above God. I, I think that's I'm valid. not saying unbelief is not a sin. No, I didn't say that you were. I'm saying that, that you can point to their unbelief and say a reason for it, and maybe the primary reason for your unbelief maybe. is a love of sin. Maybe, but like you just said, you said maybe. But it's there, <laughs> right? but it's there for, it's 100% present in every center. Yes. And I don't think there's a problem in saying that. Right, but you And I just, don't think there's a problem in saying that to atheists, because that is yes, just you Christian theology. Yes, you just theology. said there was a problem. No, I, I said there's a problem in a meaningless conversation by saying that you're not really an atheist. That's what I said. I said, I get that. Mm -hmm. Sitting there, when the presupposition, well, you, there's no But that's atheist. what you think. I mean, even Jordan Peterson, who's not a presupposition, or a Christian, says you're not really do an atheist. Do you think there are no atheists? Huh? No. Okay, so then how do you chalk it up? I agree I with did? you that their self-deceit is so intense that they believe the lie they exchange the truth for a lie and that that's what they believe hmm. i believe that they believe the lie that they're an atheist well here's someone that kind of supports your theory um well we have a oh gosh we, i'm missing so many comments we got to go back but mariah lynn says aka my experience of atheism was that i didn't want it to be true so is that possible that's what comes for me every time this discussion shows up yeah, I mean, of course, I think that people that are atheists, many of them, well, some of them will tell you they, they want it to be true, but many of them will tell you that they don't want it to be true. But what I'm just saying is, here's, here's the thing. Have you ever doubted it? Doubted what? All of it. Sure. Okay. Did you doubt it because you wanted to sin? In some cases. What are there cases where you doubted it and you didn't want to sin? You just doubted it. Yeah. Okay, so could that be, given a 
particular person's. I mean, all sin in, in co- to some degree is doubt, okay, you know? but but couldn't you couldn't you at some point could couldn't you I at disbelief. some point just just be like, okay, I'm I'm so doubting this. And we don't think so because we think the evidence is strong. But I'm just saying, like, couldn't a person who maybe isn't fully aware of all that evidence or hasn't been through what we have in assessing it or whatever it is, couldn't they doubt enough that they legitimately come to think, you know, I just don't even, I can't call myself a theist. Well, like you said, there's never one one thing Mm -hmm. that causes either belief. If all you're saying is sin is a strong influence, absolutely. There's no objection there. Okay, then reject that. And I'm saying that even when I have periods, it doesn't mean that I'm independent of sin in my life. So I agree with you when you say there's never one thing that causes anyone to... Like, no one is an atheist for purely intellectual reasons, any more than one is a Christian for purely intellectual reasons. And I reject Christians who assert that that's purely why they're a Christian. No, it's not, right? And I think... And the atheist is being fair when he says, no, that's not the, that you, you might have that, but you have other reasons too, right? Mm. I don't even want a Christianity where the only thing involved in it is my intellect. I don't even want a, I don't even want a enduring Christianity where the only thing involved is my intellect. Well, amen. That, course, I mean, that's a yeah. worthless faith, you know? Um, so. so I'm trying to get all these questions, but uh, well, let's just go with what we have right now because we've got quite a few. Um, so honestly, Atheist says, did either of you watch the Airman-Lycona debate? Any significant takeaways? Okay, so I feel bad about this because Lycona made sure that, uh, well, I was able to to see that debate. <laughs> and you still, and I, still watched, oh I did open it and I've watched a bit of it, okay? I've watched wow, some I didn't it. even get that, cr- Mike. I would have, I can't say that. I was going to say, I would have watched it if you'd given it to me and don't give it to, but that's not true. It was a wise choice. He didn't give it to you, right? Yeah, but but it wasn't a wise choice. But I told Pritchett before we started, we should have both powered through that on triple speed and then had something to say about that for Resurrection Weekend. Yeah. But we didn't. So just another one. No, I mean, what was it like eight hours or something? Seven. Seven. But that's only three and a half on double speed. All right. Do hamburgers count as a sandwich? Um, I think so. Although, interestingly, for yeah. uh, Australian listeners, in Australia, they kept asking me, well, why don't you get a chicken burger? You know, they, this place has good chicken burgers. I'm like, what the heck are you talking? I was thinking like, a, you know, they made a, you know, like a, what do you call that? Like a mushroom burger or whatever where they try to make oh, it healthy. Yeah. But no, it, they're just calling a chicken sandwich a chicken burger, which is, of course. Yeah, but, but we call it a chicken sandwich and a hamburger at McDonald's when it's the same bun on either one of them. I'm just telling you, this is how we do it in America. Yeah, I don't no. know. But I don't know about a burger. I think you. I think you can classify a burger as a sandwich. I think so too. It's a t- particular type of sandwich, but it, well, no, because you can have a burger on Texas toast. <laughs> yeah, right. or sourdough so, bread. Like I love the bread. Frisco burger from Hardee's. Yeah, you know, um, but that's on sourdough bread. So okay, here's a good one. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Yes. Yes. Thank you for the super chat and the opportunity to affirm the resurrection. Which means that... that I also affirm the virgin birth. Do you affirm the virgin absolutely. birth? Absolutely. All right. Uh, and we have endless hours on demonstrating that fact. That we have a whole playlist on it. Yeah. So Brando says, could you talk a little bit about the biblical support for taking care of our physical bodies? We hear a lot about our souls. Pritchett, my head. He only says that. I think the only reason he said this was to make your day. Because now you get to do another soapbox about how many of the people watching can't get on a soapbox. Yeah. Well, one of the texts one of the texts that people ob- want to want to go to yeah. uh, hold on, is hold of on. course the, the Hold on. Hold on. I am giving you your own screen for yeah, a second. Yeah, one of the texts people want to go to is the body is a Well, that's me right? again. Stop. They can't hear you. They can't hear me. No, when it's not on your screen, they can't hear you. Hold on. Oh, it mutes. Now have your have your Go for it. Okay, so one of the one of the texts that, that people will go to for this is is, is you know you're in First Corinthians uh, is it three and six and stuff about about the body being a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And of course somebody's going to come back and say, well that has to do with sex with prostitutes and meat fed the idols and stuff. What does that have to do with with taking care of your bodies? You know if you look at it in context. But my my response to that response is okay, so because it, it because it is a principle that's contextualized in that way, that means that it's actually okay to destroy our bodies. Is, is that, is that, you know, is that what you're saying when people want to use that text for that? So I think it's actually a legitimate use of the text because our bodies are a good gift from God. God actually took dirt and created the first man, 
right? So God is our creator of our bodies, and it is a good gift for us to exist and serve in. Yeah. God gives us stewardship in the Genesis narrative, right? Be a good mm-hmm. steward of the planet, and the, the planet includes your body in it, right? And every good Amen. gift comes from the Father of Lights, right? I mean, every good gift, and that includes our body is a good gift. So I think the theology of the body stems from your anthropology. Are you, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Um, so, so we're not neoplatonists or Gnostics as if this is something to escape. This is something else we are given that's a good gift for us to use in service to the king uh, here on his planet, uh, you know, as a sub-sovereign steward of planet Earth. And you're not going to be a very good uh, servant in your priestly vocation if you are intentionally making decisions that ruin the gift of your body that God has given you, right? So... I think from the creation mandate in Genesis, Are just you annoyed from, at me, just from the you know Paul's affirmation long after Genesis and First Timothy that everything that God created was good, right? Our bodies are, are are gifts from the Lord. They are fallen. They are falling apart as we decline in age. You know we can't prevent certain illnesses, but I do believe that our body is something that God thinks is worth resurrecting and making even more glorious. So if you think that, because because if the body wasn't really that important, then why would we not just remain in the intermediate state for all eternity? Mm-hmm. Why, why it the is physical? important. Right. That's God's, what God, God wants. God is saying the, the body, body matters. Soul. Right. Yeah. God is saying the body matters. Matters enough to raise it from, to de- from the dead and reclothe it into an imperishable body. Right? I mean, Paul goes out of his way in 1 Corinthians 15 when we're talking about you know, speaking of resurrection, where do, you know, where do we go to defend the resurrection? We go to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 7. And then if you read on in the passage, it gives Sorry. an affirmation of the body, mm-hmm. right? And a continuity of that which is buried and, you know, and, and it comes out and is, is, is reclothed and incorruptible, imperishable, you know, powered by the Holy Spirit, all that. So the body matters and should matter to the Christian, in a theological sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it matters in the way that we, I, I think while, while, while you can contextualize it and while you can understand the occasional nature and the, and the original context of the scripture, you can make principles and you can recontextualize those principles in subsequent cultures and contexts like we live in today. So I think that the, the, our theology of the body should pertain to, to our, our, our health, our diet, our physical fitness, our capacities, I think it should relate to how we adorn our bodies, um, I, you know, uh, uh, how we dress. The Bible has things to say about all of these things. Sometimes we get them wrong, but how we adorn our bodies, right? I, I, I think that we need to be proactive in how we steward these bodies as opposed to indifference. Amen. That sounds like a great place to, to have your invitation, do your altar call. And get people to sign comment cards that they will start losing weight. Wait, the, I didn't. Did I say weight in any of that? I don't know, man. I wasn't trying to criticize it. I was just trying to move on from this. It. This you said. Here's a question from New Testament theologists. I know why you. Said what weight. biblical character slash book of the Bible needs to be made into a movie? I think the story of David, a la Game of Thrones, would be fun. Also, Revelation, a la Three Hundred. Well, you've missed the most obvious Three Hundred, which is Samson. Right, and <laughs> and the Pure Flix people tried but it. Yes, those would be. And great. they made it a complete joke. I was like. See, when this is my problem with Christian filmmakers. Oh boy, here we they go. They try to become more holy than the Bible itself. Mm. If you take that story at face value, you could not get a bloodless pure flicks film from it. You would get a Dude, 300 blood. We don't know what they would do. Fil- they might come they might go full Game of Thrones with that or something. No, we've seen it. There is a movie about Samson. Oh, there is? Yes, it's called is Samson. It, is it boring? By Pure Flix. Is it boring? And Bloodless. Is it really? Yes. I mean, really it? it's like PG, like, you know. <laughs> like stormtroopers getting shot. <laughs> right. I mean, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but I've always wanted a, you know, a, a Zack Snyder 300 type styling of that. Um, I think that would be good. I do think that Revelation would be hard to film. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it right. Oh, can I say it? Yeah, he won't care. There is somebody who works here at Trinity who will never write this book. 
but who has an incredible idea for biblical fan fiction that he thought of it when I was teaching the course on angels and demons. And we looked at some of the curses and blessings and stuff like that, that people did with trinkets and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the guy in, um, uh, powers of darkness, Clinton Arnold, Clinton Arnold was saying that, uh, was connecting that to demonic stuff and all that whole thing. So anyway, uh, this person comes up with this idea that you have a guy who kind of starts doing that. Maybe it's a bracelet or something that he's got some incantation or whatever. What he doesn't know is he's inviting and he's inviting like, you know, supernatural spiritual warfare type stuff, but he becomes like this champion, you know, maybe, maybe he becomes this guy on a throne, you know, he's got everything he could ever want, blah, blah, blah. But there's a goleming effect to what yeah. he is continually engaging in. And ultimately he is so demonically possessed that he finds himself on, in the dirt next to the sea with these pigs and Jesus shows up and is the Gadarene demoniac. Oh, wow. That is that be, not a yeah, great idea? That would be, that would be a good idea. <laughs> My favorite awesome. thing was the pitch of a sitcom from uh, Billy Winland and Matt Chisholm uh, called In the Beginning, which would be about a bunch of seminary professors, you know, uh, that are also like geeks, you know, or whatever. Oh, it kind of a play Big on Bang big, Theory yeah, in but, the beginning. Right, I gotcha. Yeah. That's yeah, I good. thought that was a clever idea. But Revelation... That's what this show is, man. Yeah. Revelation, I totally agree. If you filmed it as if it was literal, it would be... But you, you would include the fact that it is a vision in the film, but then show a visual representation or approximate. If, I think um, it would be, I would think, and you set it to music. I think, I think it's been a long time since we've had like a, if preterist did it, you would have all this Jerusalem stuff. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Yeah. But, but you'd still want a dragon, right? Because you want it to be in line with the visions that he well, saw. Yeah, people do and that. Beast, in movies. Yeah. And, an and I think it would be fan. Yeah. But have it from how would a first century person have seen this vision? Yeah. It would be, yeah. it would be, and you said it to music I mean, it's been a long time since there's no, been like a... No, no. Pure Flix like is just going to turn this No, into, I don't want Pure Flix to touch that, it. That's what they're going to turn it into Godzilla versus King I, Kong. You know, if you, <laughs> yeah, but have you not seen things like The Wall from Pink Floyd? Like, it, yeah, you know, it's set course. to the... It needs to be something like... Because Christians, we don't have our movie music thing. Like our, our concept album set to film. And, you know... I mean, we don't well, have let, a this is Spinal Tap or one of those type of things. So I'm just saying, Christian movies that we need one of those. Yeah, I agree. And then, all like right. all the all the Christian hippies can get high and go watch it because that's what hippies do. I don't want them to get high. I don't either. All right, but, uh, you know, they Derek P. G. Baylor. That tells you what he thinks about movies. In a season where happiness is something I can take or leave, what are your thoughts on Christians being in pursuit? of happiness that's a really good question that's a really good question well christians have joy which i think is um i don't get bent out of shape about that because it's not that i mean it, it's not a big deal but like i may not always happy but i can be happy but i can still have the joy of my salvation the right. awareness that like instead of despair like the bible says despair don't despair like others who have no hope so i have hope i can't i may despair but not like them because i have joy I have hope and joy in these things, but I might be have the joy of my salvation, but still not be happy. Yeah. So I take the definition of, of, of happiness, uh, 200 years ago. If you mean giddiness, no, you don't need to pursue that. If by happiness, you mean human flourishing, which is what it has meant until recent times. Like when it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, what they meant, to, what they meant was pursuit of human flourishing. And so you should always pursue flourishing and excellence. I think those things are important because you can become lethargic, you can become you can become useless, you can become idle if you're not trying to flourish. And so I think it is important that you always pursue happiness. What that will not include and what I don't mean by that is always pursue giddiness and 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 and, and positive vibes, right? That's not the goal, to be in a constant state of pleasure, right? And that's why I think those old distinctions between happiness and pleasure are important, you mm -hmm. know? You should not always pursue pleasure, but you should always pursue happiness, if by right. the, I mean, which, will, which will come at the expense well, of pleasure in a lot of times. Yeah. So, it, but if you think, should you always pursue giddiness and pleasure? No. And it's perfectly fine well, right. not to well, pursue Well, here's the thing. 
are yeah. there people who have been martyred for their faith and, and they were doing what they thought was the right thing, right? Yeah. Of course. Okay, were they happy? Whatever version of, I mean, obviously this was a situation where these people were facing something that is the end of their life and involves a lot of suffering and all these kind of things. And you read some of the stories, like, good night. And so... Um, I think it's possible I, some of them were. I, I wouldn't be happy in the sense that... Um, I'm happy right now, <laughs> but I would still have joy. That's why how I do it. Yeah. So now you know how each one of us does it. And I'll find out later today how Pritchett does it because I always hear most of his lengthier speeches in the car later when I listen back to hear what he said, uh, because here I'm actually doing, you're trying to find what you're going to post next. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here is one of our students and his name is actually, uh, Taylor. And I know Taylor, I think, I think if he Taylor, doesn't want to be called that on YouTube, he probably would not. He put it in the comments. Dr. Pritchett, I oh, just turned oh, in my oh, final okay, assignment, philosophy of omniscience and providence. I developed and defended an argument for open theism. I'd love Great. to get your thoughts on it. My name is actually Taylor, by the way. I will, I will, I will try. I, I'm Thank sure, you for the super chat. I'm sure uh, I, I will need to go look for that because I'm sure it was my grad assistant is, is going to read it. But I'll, I, I will take a look at that. I'll, I'll go check. I, like I said, they're, they're, they're having this discussion on the Trinity Radio Forum. And I couldn't possibly care less if open theism is true or false. I don't care to defend it. If you want me to argue why I'm not one, then you can send $1,500 to my PayPal account for a debate on it. But but I was like, and I was talking to you about this, I was like, here's what would have to satisfy me. You would have to show, because it seems to me that the question of what God knows and how libertarian freedom works are two different issues, right? And it seems to me that the metaphysical mechanics and operations of the cosmos that make libertarian creatures exist and make libertarian free choices possible is the same. It's the same mm -hmm. set of metaphysical operations. It is, right. That, right. Yeah. And so to satisfy me with open theists, you'd have to show that, the, that it's not the same recipe because either A— God intended his recipe to be different and his recipe that he made where he couldn't know mm -hmm. or B, that's the only possible let recipe me, let, let, let that me, he could make. That he, and, and unless you, what you unless until you, hold on, let me finish. And unless until you can do that and do it without equivocation fallacies on words and without the modal fallacy mm -hmm. and without confusing the categories, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just, I'm still not persuaded by it. So some open theists and some uh, Calvinists have this in common this this notion that if god um if god knows what what creatures will do um then that's because of determinism like right like the idea like calvinists think the reason god has exhaustive knowledge of everything that will happen not just his actions but also the f actions of free creatures right mm -hmm. i say i don't you know but anyway um, <laughs> quotes on free the calvinist free but i don't sorry calvinist but anyway um uh but the open theist says, yeah, because if, as we were talking about earlier today, I think, if it were the case, if open, what open theists want to say is because they agree, they're like, yes, if God knew it would only be because he determined because he can't know the future indeterminacies. He can't know future actions That's of one free way creatures. They say, That's one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I'm saying they, they agree about that. Some right. open theist and some yeah. Calvinist. She doesn't fit. Don't wear it. So, so they agree with that, but some open theists will do the causal thing of saying, if, if God knows your events, well, then by him knowing them and by the fact that, that he won't be wrong, well, you're not free, which is a category error. That is the category error mm -hmm. that we talk about because knowledge isn't a causal thing. Knowledge doesn't cause anything to happen, even right. if it's God's and, knowledge. And most of them recognize that point, or mm -hmm. at least the ones in our forum. Yeah, it's back be. to the earlier thing yeah. I said. But um, what you're trying to say is whether you're a Calvinist or an open theist or a Molinist or anything, well, yeah, anything else, libertarian freedom is still libertarian freedom metaphysically. It's, 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 the, yeah, it's how it, it works in, the, in a right, right. reality. So you can put it in different scenarios, like yeah. different systems, but it's still libertarian freedom. Right. Yeah. That's what you wanted to say. Yeah. And until you can show that the recipe for the cosmos to have libertarian creatures make libertarian decisions is somehow different to where God can't know, or that's the only possible thing and demonstrate that that's exactly, we can know that that's what he did through special or general revelation and so on. I'm not going to be. But then the next question becomes, what are some questions to ask a modalist? Not that modalism actually has anything to do with this. I was just trying to move us along. What are some questions to ask a modalist regarding the Trinity? Mm-hmm. 
Well, they don't believe in the Trinity. Right. They, they say saying, that they do, but they... I think they're saying, what could you ask them to... Some will say Trinity un- language. Socratically help them understand why they should be Trinitarian. Um, if you're talking about asking questions, ask them about the nature of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, before and after. I mean, ask ask them about things that have to do with the modalism. Well, yeah. why don't you explain basically and why, what you're saying? Well, and, uh, of course, who... When I hear what you're going to hear when you ask who was the son and the father speaking to, they'll say the human was speaking to the divine, but that gets into the nature of Jesus or whatever. And then what you don't have, and but what you don't have there, even on modalism, you what you don't have is a dialogue. It would still be a monologue. It would have to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so, or otherwise, there goes the whole thing. So it goes back to what. What do you understand about the nature of Christ from the text? What do you under, about the incarnation? What What do you understand about the Father? What do you understand about the Son? And what do you understand about the Holy Spirit? You want to find out what they mean because I mean even Trinitarians sometimes collapse with bad illustrations or whatever else into modalism, mm-hmm. and not all modalists are equal, right? So you, you do. So the good questions is what do you think about the d- divine nature of Christ, the human nature of Christ? What do you think about the divine nature of of the, God proper, and what do you think about the Holy Spirit? All right, and start start God. with those, and, and say, and from the biblical text, how do you get one person, one God? From, and you know why God? this is important? Because theologically, if you're wrong about Jesus, it doesn't matter what you're right about. That, that's that's correct. Yes. Um, okay, uh, let's let's power through some of these because we're running out of time here. Okay, uh, we got that. Uh, Jim Amberg says, dang, that office is huge. Is that you a have double no, door? It is embarrassing. You're not even looking, Jim, at the actual door to the office. That's just a closet. Turn the thing where they can see the door. There's the door. Okay, don't turn it too much. We don't want to give away. And then there's noise. more back. Uh, hey, just, just put the camera back. You want to see his, I don't want them to see my messy see office. messy office? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, super chat from MJ. Thank you, MJ. He says the principal reason could lie. He's, I think he's talking about why uh, yeah. talking about people being Christians or atheists and sin and all that. The principal reason could lie in Romans one, where the unbeliever moves uh, from suppression. A- to amen. Exchange. That's your argument mm-hmm. that when they exchange the truth for a lie, that lie becomes their reality, even though it's not reality. Right. Mm-hmm. They, that's what they believe, mm-hmm. even if it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Right. That's. Honestly, atheist, would you agree that while Christianity can account for the diversity of religious experience in the world, naturalism can accounts for it better? So here's no. a question. The question would be, or the way I would frame this is, um, what is more expected given theism and given or given atheism and given Christianity? Okay, what's more expected? On the hypothesis that there is no supernatural and there is no God, I think I will agree that people might still come up with some religious actions and religious functions and things like that. But I would not expect that 98% of the human history has actually believed in the supernatural or has encountered supernatural. Right. Because has this has deposit, this has deposit that every single instance of supernatural activity is, is false. absolutely false. I don't have to make that claim. And I think that you have, you have a higher burden <laughs> of proof. You can't just assert it by worldview fiat. Now, that naturalism is true, therefore there are no, no secrets. Now, I'm going to make a movie that, you, that you're going to like, but okay. you won't see it coming, okay? <clears throat> Jerry Walls has said about um, Calvinism, because they hold to a view called compatibilism, where um, <clears throat> compatibilism is the notion that determinism is uh, that some understanding of freedom or moral responsibility is, um, is compatible with uh, determinism, mm-hmm. right? It's not saying that libertarian freedom and determinism are compatible, right? But it's saying that moral responsibility is is account is compatible. So um, <clears throat> now I've forgotten where we were. Okay, so if Calvinism were true, if what would I expect on Calvinism, on the view that we do not have libertarian free will, that compatibilism is true, but that otherwise, you know, the, but the Christianity is true. Mm-hmm. Okay, what would I expect to find? I would expect to find. I think perhaps nobody, or at least I, I, yeah, I would have suspected to find everyone freely worshiping God, freely on the compatibilistic understanding. Because like Jerry Wall said, if compatibilism is true, God could have had it such that everyone freely on a compatibilist understanding of the situation, freely could have always done exactly what God wanted. 
It, mm. it could have been perfectly that way because on compatibilism, God is determining everything and man is morally culpable. Well, why couldn't man be morally culpable and free on that sense of freedom and everything be right? It just doesn't, it just doesn't. I mean, the, the response to that is say, well, God needs to exercise our needs. God, God wants to, uh, you know, uh, show his wrath and justice and he's painting a picture and we need the cross and all these kind of things. But I'm still staying with Jerry Walls. If, if compatible, if on compatibilism, everything's determined, but that's okay. It's still free. Then why didn't God just determine everyone to freely always do the right thing? Exactly. But I, I would. That's even, a question, not an argument. Yeah, I know. I get it. But on, on the non deterministic, Cameron taught you on that. the liberty, if you, if you posit libertarian Christianity like we do, then I would absolutely expect that people would exercise their free will or just be wrong some of the time and come up with a lot of other religions and explanations for their spiritual stuff. Honestly, atheist, you know what bores me to tears? Yet another debate between an apologist and a Christian on does God exist? You know what would. Be, apologist and a Christian? I mean, an apologist and an atheist debating does God exist. You know what would be thoroughly entertaining? An atheist who is a naturalist and an atheist who believes in the supernatural debating. Because, again, you have all the religious people on planet Earth plus some atheists who believe that the supernatural exists, and then you have a, some atheists who don't. And I never... The idea that naturalism is the default neutral ground in any conversation is unearned capital that I will not let you have. I, I reject the premise that naturalism is the neutral ground, and then we have to argue above that. No, I reject that. That's unearned, undeserved, and, and silly to me. It's as, as much of a burden as, as anything supernatural claim. So I would like to see a debate between two atheists, one arguing that the supernatural is real in whatever shape or form they think it's real versus an atheist naturalist because I'm tired Find of Find us some credible debaters, stuff. and we'll yeah. have that debate, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll host that debate All of right. atheists arguing. Uh, all these other debates are old. I okay. mean, after you've been in this apologetics thing for to hear "Does God exist?" is not a debate that excites. Or even, and I'm sorry, Mike Lacona, but even a resurrection debate at this point in my career is like, oh, another in one of point, those that you've had. And at this point in my life, in your career, right? There are people just discovering the evidence. exactly, which is why we still have Calvinism versus Arminianism days because there's always a new generation of people coming by that are interested in this thing. Peter Fox says you can still request the U cut at Subway, and with that. Well, let's see. I don't think I, I I have and and they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, honestly, atheist said he'd like to have that debate or watch that debate. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know, man. Uh, okay. Asked the group, asked in the group today. But what are your thoughts on discernment ministries sharing long lists of teachers they tell others to avoid helpful, helpful or no? No. Yes. And no, here's the thing. When Robbie Zacharias did what he did, I am glad there were people checking it out, watching. Right. Through it. And it turns out that some stuff had been reported on that people just didn't believe by discernment ministries. I think when someone is, uh, is hiding abuse or something like that, I'm glad that somebody's calling it out. And I'm glad Christians call it out before the world has to call it out when that happens. So as far as that goes, I'm happy, I'm happy with it. The problem is so much of the time what happens, and you can see how this and why this happens. I keep forgetting I now put the camera over here. But you can see why this is now happening because what they, what they do is they start a platform online mm -hmm. to produce these kind of articles. And they have to have a schedule, right? But unfortunately... There aren't all these scandals just sitting around waiting, waiting to be blown wide open, at least not easy to figure out and find. And right? the need for content. And the need for content creates means the you throw everyone under the bus. Right. And that's why I initially answered no. Uh, discernment ministries compiling lists I don't think is helpful, especially the ones that regularly produce content. But I do think it is helpful for pastors to have such lists so that they can they can warn their congregations. But I've seen people on discernment lists that would include Leighton Flowers on that list of people to avoid. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. And the problem is, like Braxton said, they don't help anything because the people who are going to believe that list are already convinced, and the people who think that these discernment ministries, which is the case right now, and you don't even hear a whole—they're not even that popular anymore. They've all been— either shadow banned by social media or people have just moved on and stopped caring about 
drama all the time mm-hmm. because they kind of the 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 uh, the overflow of output that was manufactured as opposed to occurring naturally that they needed to report on kind of killed that whole industry and i mean i i get it it's still there in certain circles but i don't think them having lists helps anything because you either you're either like me and Derek and don't give them much credibility and so their lists mean nothing especially some of the people they put on the list or you're already bought into the the the, the almost cult-like fan base of these deter- uh, these uh, discernment ministries and it, who are you helping but the people you, that's a list for the choir so I don't think they So here's anything. a good comment um Raya Lynn talking about the omniscience thing says yeah about I, I think she's talking about here about um about knowledge being causal and she's agreeing right it's not it doesn't cause it but you still can't get around the fact that you are going to do it and um it doesn't have to be causal for there to be no possible alternative so to charitably i think present this objection to what we've said i think what she's describing is okay well whether you want to say it caused that or not like my picking up the mouse right now that that i have at my computer my choice to pick that up wasn't caused by God, but if he in eternity knew that I would do that, well, then I can't, I, it's, there is no state of affairs in which I do otherwise. Um, the thing about it is, is there's no magic beans that turn will into must. The thing about it is what that reveals, what you find revealed there is that in this possible world, that's what Braxton freely chooses to do. Mm-hmm. But if, but in other possible worlds with other scenarios, if I have libertarian free will, I chose other things instead of picking up that mouse. Maybe I made all, maybe everything in that world is the same, except I chose to pick up a video game controller instead. Right. And self-determined you know? is not determinism. You're just equivocating the word determined at that point. Right. But there's so a difference won't and can't right. won't do anything else because that's what I freely choose to do. And God happens to know that. Yeah, And can't. And can't do that. That's off the table. And there's a difference between will and must. Will and must. Right. Right. These are modal operators that, that is just a modal fallacy again. Right. And, and, and there's no magic beans in existence that, that right. gets so, rid of So that. let me give the example None. I always No give. magic beans that turn a will into a must. Let me give you the example, Mariah, that I, that I always give, and, and your mileage may vary. You may not take this, and I'm still looking at you as though the camera, as though you're over here, but you're over here. Okay, um, here's the way I do this, and I, you may have thought all about this. I'm not trying to act like I have all the answers here, but... Um, he has all the answers. But, <laughs> no, but... <laughs> you're just th- trying not to act like you do, the, right? the, the Yeah, but the, the thing about it is, let's say Jesus um, saying that Peter would deny him, Right. So then we would say, we could say, I think this would be a fair question. Well, wait a minute. If Jesus said that was going to happen, see, this just takes the issue and puts it down a lot, a lot into a simple thing that we can get. Jesus tells Peter that he's going to deny him and Peter goes out and does Peter have free will at that point to deny him or not? Well, we want to say, well, if he did not, if he didn't deny him, then Jesus was wrong. We don't want Jesus being wrong here. Okay. Here's the thing. He is free. If he had freely chosen not to deny Christ. God would have known that from eternity and Jesus would have not made that prediction. In other words, it's not that God causally determined Peter that way or that we come to find out that Peter just couldn't have done anything else because of what we know. It's instead the fact that, no, the reality is God knows in eternity what we freely choose in the present. So if Peter had chosen otherwise, God would have known otherwise, Jesus would have predicted otherwise. That's how we say it rather than Jesus said this. And now it reveals that Peter was always locked in. Um, that's the difference in how I handle that. And it sounds like Pritchett agrees with me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one super chat that we have not gotten to from Kenneth. It's after, well, no, actually I think it's before. Oh, there's one from Dr. Featherstone. Yeah. Too. But keep it in order. There Here it is. Go. Yeah. All right. Have you guys ever experienced anything paranormal or scary creepiest thing that's ever happened to you. Okay. I, I, I'm going to answer this question, but I think I know why you prompt, why you, do you know why you told me to put this up here? No, I just, chat? I just, it was a super I just chat. thought you might know that I'm, I wanted co- to make sure that the people who always the money people first, I don't want to miss any. Of um, them. the, well, thank you for that, Kenneth. I appreciate that. Um, the reason I was, I thought you might've mentioned this is because I'm actually working on a second podcast that will be an audio only podcast that is going to be uh, supernatural claimed supernatural stories. It, it could be demonic stuff that somebody talks about. It could be um, near death experiences. It could be that they had a, a miracle. 
uh, sensory based experiences of something supernatural. So we're looking for those. I've already recorded seven interviews and we've been putting those out little snippets from them as shorts on the channel. So, um, but anyway, what's your paranormal story, John? Okay. Um, I've paranormal. I don't know. Scary. Um, uh, scary, probably the scariest, well, the scariest thing that's ever had the creepiest, what does that say? Creepiest thing. Yeah, just come you? on, a spooky thing. The, the creepiest thing is when I, I I thought that I was having an out of body experience, and I saw some things that were confirmed by John Winters happening at his house when I was in bed sleeping, mm -hmm. but I was there and saw things that he was doing and confirmed it with him. And wait, he said, what? Yeah. Whoa, back up, hold on. Yeah, I need to interview you. What did you say again? Okay, so I was I went John to Winters when, wasn't John at Winters. your house. Yeah, he, no, I I I saw things that were happening in his house How, in a dream. If see, that's what I I was sleeping uh, in bed, but I felt like I was having an out of body experience where I was floating above my house and floated to his house. Um, How have North, I never heard this in North Little Rock? Because it's, because I you know it's just. Is it? Did, you, did it feel asked. more real than a dream, or was it like yes? And, and I reported him the things that he was doing in his house when I was spying on him, apparently. And he's and I see. And this is I why are you remote viewing spying I, on people? And I don't. And I don't know. I mean, it's just I was there seeing something happen. Yeah. And 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 it, I don't know if he was humoring me because it's John and saying, but he was freaked out by it. Or, but I, you never know what those things are like. Dude, I just pushed off everything else off my desk when you said this. I have never heard this, and we talk every day. So it was creepy. Well, I mean, we don't talk about this stuff. Heck yeah, it's creepy. Because I don't know if it was a dream, and then I had a vision of what was going on in his house, or if it was just a coincidence that I saw something he happened to have been doing that evening when I was asleep. Because it seems like it was a, it felt real, but it seems like Did they could have Did it feel easily... realer than your dreams normally feel? Yes, or, but I have a lot of dreams that feel more real than other oh, dreams. So it's okay. hard to it's hard to Maybe you're going all kinds of places. <laughs> no, I've never had that happen. Okay. And it was insignificant what was going yeah. on, but it but you know, I mean, it wasn't okay. like a life altering I needed to save his life kind of thing. Interesting, but that was yeah. the weirdest for you. That, the weirdest thing. So it could have been just the weirdest coincidence. See, I'm I'm not going to I'm going to play really the skeptic here and say that's just a coincidence. You you obviously has know the distance between your house and his house and you can reimagine things from a top-down perspective even though you've never seen it from that perspective you can kind of envision it just recreating you know just the drive over there and all that other stuff i don't really have anything like i have that. no idea but that would but it, it's a creepy it's creepy nonetheless when, even if it's just a coincidence it's still creepy that it happened i, I don't really have anything and john like thought that. it was creepy but it, now think people have reported things like that around me for example my my wife has had some experiences while I was in the room asleep, <laughs> but but I've but I've never had anything like yeah. that. I, that's partly why I'm so fascinated with it. But good question. All right, Chris Featherstone, one of Doctor Chris Trinity professors, says, "Good combo, fellas. Glad this was able to pop up while I was looking at YouTube in between clients. That's why people should subscribe." To Trinity Radio. Yes. yes and, Chris, and, we need and to... I watched one of your videos the other day where you were telling people to get psychological help and quit being too ashamed to do it. And I agreed with you. And guess what? I actually sought psychological yes, help, and we which I'm to... sure our viewers will be thrilled to know. And we need to have him on soon to talk about yeah. mental health and Christianity because we have... There is a lot of people, especially at the church that we attend, that want to hear more about this. Christianity. It was one of the things that we, our church responded. It's like, if y'all are going to have topics that you want, that you want us to tell you what to talk about, that was a big one, mental health and Christianity. So we got to have him on because who better than the ex, the foremost expert on that. So well, at this point, I think we're going to shut it down folks, yep. but, and I'm going to say this, Pritchett, typically we do the after show after the show, but today we're going to move it till Monday afternoon. Are you free Monday afternoon? I have no idea. It's... Because I want something else uh, for patrons in between episodes. So I, we're going to try this out. If you don't like it, we can vote. I'll tell you what. I'll Maybe I'll make a poll if there's a way in the Patreon group. But you can become a patron and be a part of that on Monday. Um, it's a show just like this, and we do it after usually this show. But And we might continue to do that, but we're going we're gonna to try Monday. 
And so uh, you can just go to patreon.com slash Trinity Radio, and it's actually right there. I like the idea simply because this is a lot of time for it's a one lot. day. That, let's be honest. That's the real reason. It, it's work. <laughs> It's because it's, of work stuff. It's fun. It's rewarding fun work. Yeah. I'm just having, I'm just hanging out with friends. It was more work when I first started and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was afraid I was going to mess everything up. But now that I've messed up so many times, it's like, who even cares? These people don't yeah. mind. I want, I like the patrons only show. I want to keep that, but it is a long time out of one day to, to, to do this. So. I see you guys still answering questions, and, and I love that. And put them in the chat, or put them in the comments, and, see, and I'll try and we'll, we'll go back and start copy and pasting. We can make videos answering these questions in separate videos. We should do that kind of stuff. We should. We love you all so much. And Good appreciate content for you. Trinity Thank you all Radio so Extra. much. And we'll see you next time. On, oh, by the way. Happy Easter, everybody. There is a debate. I can't tell you who it is yet. Coming up on Trinity Radio. And it is between a Christian and an atheist on an issue. <laughs> it's it's not, does God exist? Thank goodness. And you don't want to miss it because you're going to be way excited when you, when you hear who. And with that, we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. That's right.